Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the People's Choice Podcast. And if you're new to the show, welcome. Hope you enjoy today's episode as much as I am and check out uh, past episodes and hope you like all the amazing guests that I have. And speaking of amazing guests, I have one right now here. I'm here with Rose, who is an amazing film. Actually, let me rephrase that. Award winning filmmaker, model, actress director i mean she does it all and honestly i'm so honored so happy to have you on the show we finally got this going we've been talking for a while and you know i'm just really excited to get to know you your backstory you know everything that you know goes on through the process of filmmaking from your modern career everything so please welcome to the people's Choice podcast having me i'm so happy we finally worked it out yeah exactly i said we've been talking for a while and um you know our schedules haven't mashed up but finally we got it today and i'm i'm so honored and so happy to have you on the show and join the people's choice podcast family thanks yeah no i've i've watched a lot of your videos so i'm really excited to to be talking with you well thank you i appreciate that Mm -hmm. so so i always like to start from beginning with all my guests and just you know See, ask them what was it like growing up in their hometown. I know that you were born and raised in Kirkland, Washington. So what was it like growing up in Kirkland? Honestly, um, you know, 30 plus years ago, uh, it was a lot nicer, I think, because it was more of a suburbia and less of like a downtown kind of ritzy area. Now it's like competing with Bellevue and Seattle. Bellevue, if you're not familiar, it's basically a smaller Seattle with like you know, all the fancy cars. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kirkland is now becoming it because we have Lake Washington, which is like wraps around all of Kirkland and it's, um, you know, the waterfront. So everyone has boats and nice cars and stuff. And growing up, I was middle class and it wasn't as bad as it is now. Um, I actually just came back from Kirkland. I had an appointment this morning and I hate it so much. It's so sad, you know, but the roads have never changed. So I can basically drive it without my eyes open because I know them <laughs> so oh, well wow. <laughs> but uh, the people and everything now it's just it's really difficult and especially in in our state it's kind of difficult to kind of make ends meet and everything here but um back in the day Kirkland was really nice awesome and it's it's well not awesome that where how it is now but at least it was great you know growing up yeah and now, now you're you're located in Seattle is that right yeah I'm located just across Lake Washington and um just north of downtown um totally different vibe i feel like there's a lot more homelessness than you would see on the east side um you know a lot more car prowling and and such um if you're not from seattle i mean you can literally look up on our news and you would see something bad every single day we're becoming like you know Mm -hmm. the midwest and how they always have crime like every single day that's basically what seattle is now so i've actually been exploring you know, looking elsewhere, um, like Arizona. So okay, who, who knows, I might be uh, picking up and starting, you know, a film kind of channel over there because 
I'm kind of over Seattle <laughs> and I'm, I know I'm, I'm just speaking for myself. There's a lot of people in the film industry that are tired of it too. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, you know, shout out to uh, Montreal Woods. He's a, a screenwriter I've had on the show a couple of times and he's out there in Phoenix and he, he loves mm-hmm. it out there. So who knows, you know, maybe you get out there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose, you were a very successful model before you completely switched over into filmmaking. Can you speak on your modeling career and what made you want to switch over? Yeah. So prior to COVID about 10 years ago, I did promotional modeling. So I would put on like a, like a Jimmy bean t-shirt and go and sell shots um, or um, whiskey shots and such, whatever, um, you know, liquor company wanted to promote the models. And I loved it so much. And then I got into lacrosse. And so I moved to Philadelphia and I came back and the company that I worked for didn't exist anymore. And so um, I started doing like the law thing. And then through COVID, um, you know, everyone was remote and I was just on Facebook and I saw an ad for a virtual pageant. And if you won the pageant, then you got a spot at New York Fashion Week with the, with the designer that they're working with. And I was like, I know I don't have what it takes. I'm just going to put my name in the ringer. And I won. Hey, see, try <laughs> your luck, so, man. <laughs> right. And so it kind of led to like winning, you know, small online pageants where you take a video and um, of like your runway walk and you submit yourself. And then there's also like photogenic and I've won a couple of those also. So that kind of just sparked, re-sparked my interest because it wasn't even on my mind. Um, and then I walked in New York fashion week twice. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. I was yeah so the first year I walked for one designer, um, loved it. And then I went back last year and I walked for two different designers and last year it kind of, um, it wasn't as much fun as the first because there were a lot more, I guess, clicks and cattiness that mm-hmm. models tend to have. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of only like subjective to females and not so much males. Um, and so I decided I'm going to take a break and I kind of put that to the side. And then a short month later, I got an offer to be in like a short, like a 30 minute movie. They auditioned me and was like, you're perfect for the main role. And so we filmed in like a month and a half from there. And then that next month um, they released it and I saw it on the big screen. It came out into one theater and um, I didn't like my performance very much. I thought that it could have been a lot better, not just from me, but from the director's perspective and the writing perspective. And I came home with my whole family and I was like so upset about it. I'm like, man, that wasn't a great experience at Mm. all. And they're like, well, how about you do something about it? How about you write something? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. Then I went to bed, woke up in the middle of the night because I had a dream about the woman, literally my my whole movie from top to bottom, wrote it out in my journal. Um, The next morning I was just like thinking about it, couldn't work hardly because I was thinking about, should I even do this? Should I even go down this alley? Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end of the week, I had already cast for it. I decided that I'm just going to write, direct, produce, do everything <laughs> for the movie. Wow. Um, and then a few short months later, this was in October last year, so almost a whole year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a few short months later, I had the whole movie um, scripted. Um, I, I, I collabed with my friend Steve, who's an, uh, an Amazon book writer, and he co-wrote it and um, then after the holidays, we started filming. And then two months later, 
my movie came out on the big screen in the same theater that my movie was premiered, you know, five months prior. So pretty cool. Um, that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> that's so cool. And it, and it happens so fast too. Like, like that. Did you have any like experience in, in film before, or was it just you taking like a leap of faith and, and going through it? Um, you know, it, it was kind of like trial and error. You know, I did the acting thing while I did modeling for like a year and that was my only experience. I took a couple acting classes, mm-hmm. um, but that was my only kind of tutorial and experience just being in front of the camera like a handful of times on you know a netflix show here and there hbo like kimmy mm-hmm. i was on kimmy and so just a couple of small things and i i was so mesmerized by the whole process because it's it's a lot more than modeling you know you're working intimately with a group of photographers versus a group of you know 10 20 people with cameras in front of you so totally different um also memorizing scripts was totally different for me but i liked the aspect of the director's perspective and um i'm a type of person that doesn't really need training i know that sounds kind of cliche but like i really i really I don't, don't need I training I'm, i got this <laughs> i am kind of like that like just i would hit the record button. be trained <laughs> and just like see through someone else you know mm-hmm. i would rather stand by someone and learn and that's what i did for that whole month and a half of filming the short that I was in, I literally just took in what the director was doing. And then I implemented it with the woman. And I got a lot of comments back after it premiered saying, how much was this budget? It looks like a $60,000 budget. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it was a thousand dollars. Just mind blowing too. (laughs) Like the woman was such a great debut for you when it came out in March. Like you've won best director. You also won uh, best drama from the international film fest. Like what was that experience like hearing that you won these awards on your first film? Yeah. Um, the very first award that I won was uh, Best Drama, and I was quite literally at Buffalo Wild Wings eating. Shout out to B-dubs. <laughs> and my hands were all sloppy, and then my phone went off, and then everyone started tagging me because they had seen the release. And I screamed. Everyone looked at me, and I started crying because I thought it was so quick for one and two like you know you're up against all these other people that have been in the industry for years Mm -hmm. and i had not even been in it for a year it hasn't even been a year yet you know not at all (laughs) um and that was only a couple of weeks after the movie release so it was kind of surreal and then i won best director recognized internationally which was really cool yeah, and those are some such huge accomplishments, especially for not even, you know, been in, in the um, film industry for a year. Like, big applause. Let me give you a clap for that. Like, that is, that is so cool. You know, like, it's like, yes, like, I, I love seeing people just succeed and, and, and win. Like, that is just amazing to me. Well, what's oh you're welcome <laughs> so like what is like one thing or maybe multiple things you want to talk about it that you've learned from filming that you wish you would have known before um filming like uh, as the directors and writers perspective versus like being an actor yeah from a writer director perspective honestly just the whole process um i had no idea really aside from watching the one director and writer's process but they did it super weird um like they they it was two people and one person wrote the whole screenplay i mean it was like a 27 minute movie and um he he edited it on this like really weird platform that i think 
could have been a lot better for the movie if it was on a on a well-known like adobe platform but it was like scritchy scratch home you know homemade you know editing system and so what i learned is like quality mm-hmm. over like the time management meaning there's a lot of people in the seattle area that just want to create something really really fast that's why shorts are so so popular they're more popular than feature films so they create a short they want to film it right away and they want to get it out right away and i learned as an actor that that's probably most beneficial for the actor right but Mm -hmm. from the director's perspective and writer's perspective and editor's perspective it's quality over time management so definitely that's something that i definitely learned and like the editing process in general i had no idea how to make a movie and i edited with the editor like i chose a lot of the scenes out and the sequences and um that was really cool too because i was hands-on in every single aspect that is so cool that you know you just picked up so fast you're like a sponge you soaked it all in and, <laughs> that's what i've know. been told recently at work too they're like wow you pick up stuff so fast and you're training other people and yeah. it's like you know once you find something that you're really into that's inspiring that you know keeps you up at night because you have all these ideas um and you're told by multiple different people that they think that that is the perfect fit for you like you mm-hmm. found your niche then it makes you feel really good about like what you're doing and um i'm glad i kind of went through that process of modeling and kind of putting that to the side even though i'm doing photo shoots still but putting it to the side and then you know acting which i'm still doing but it's not my main kind of idea of what i want to do in my career to mm-hmm. finding directing um which i think i'm really good at yeah, you are great at it <laughs> you got you got some more awards to back that up <laughs> <laughs> that that's great you're so humble with that too like that's that's so awesome what's Thanks. what's some of the best advice that you've gotten so far like in film patience which i'm not patient <laughs> but being patient because um sometimes picking things just because you you're you're free doesn't mean that that's going to benefit you and your career later um so I've actually had to pick some things. It's kind of nice to have options. So I think the best advice I've gotten from other directors who have been in it for like 10 plus years mm-hmm. is just being patient and picking picking your battles, picking your choices, picking, you know, being able to choose what you want to do because it's not just like for other people's pleasure. It's like your career choice. You know, I don't want to look back 10 years from now and be like, why did I do a movie about this? You know, mm-hmm. I want to be proud of what I've, what i'm doing definitely and you know let's switch gears here and talk about you know something that you're very proud of too the documentary that you're working on that's going to be coming out in 2023 if i'm correct it's called the silent citizen heroes right yes yes i just announced it last week i'm so so excited yeah i I caught that post i just wanted to make sure so i was like am i right (laughs) let's speak on that and you know what what made you want to try to do a a documentary uh, style this time so a couple different reasons um i'm kind of an impulsive person with everything i do but i do think methodically um especially if it's about my career like i had mentioned but this is something i've been really inspired by since a teenager but kind of more recently with all the politics going around especially in seattle with you know our second amendment being taken away if people Mm. are following it like our second amendment is quite literally before our eyes being slowly taken away, Mm -hmm. um, the right to bear arms. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, it's been on everyone's mind that owns a firearm um, and that literally own a firearm to save people's lives or save their lives or whatever. Um, and I recently did a 48 hour, which is like a, you know, a weekend, you have to create a film and then submit it to this festival. And, um, the week after in August, this one filmmaker posted on the Facebook group, a really nasty post that I just was so anti, mm. <laughs> I basically said, um, I'm not going to name who it was or. What We're calling you out. That. We're calling you out. Yeah. I honestly don't <laughs> even remember. Like, I remember their first name, but I don't. That's how much I care. Is I don't even remember their last name. Like at this point, I would have to go back to see what he said. But it we'll, was. Something we'll call him Bob. Bob. <laughs> Wait, no one likes a Bob. Now I'm just playing Bob. Yeah, if you're no watching no this. <laughs> No one likes Bob. We're like Richard. I really don't like the name Richard either. Oh no! I just had a Richard on the show. <laughs> we love you, Rich. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, Bob, he <laughs> made a comment about how he's so proud. Um, his first short was anti-gun and showing the you know the audience of how guns are hurting people and bad for America and all this stuff. And I got so aggravated and it was a bad day for me already i was already having a bad day and um i made a quick post saying maybe i will you know prove you wrong and create a film that is pro-gun and showing how guns can save lives and i got a bunch of hate for it like people were laughing at it people were messaging me saying good luck it's gonna mm. ruin your career no one's gonna watch it and that just like fueled me up like i I hate when people threaten and do those things and say those things. Cause we're all in this small community. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I spoke with my, my significant other, um, who's part of these, you know, gun ad advocacies here. Mm -hmm. Um, and we decided to do a documentary together about how firearms absolutely can save lives. I mean, the media Definitely shows can. that firearms are bad and it's bad to have it. You're bad. If you're a Republican, da, 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 da. It's actually really helpful if you're a Republican or a Democrat, if you have someone in a grocery store while you're getting apples that comes in because you never know with this day and age where it doesn't matter where you are. Someone can come in and try to do harm to you. Yeah. And, the, you know, ambulance and first aid, they're, they're going to be coming way later than someone, um, you know, that might have a firearm next to you that would save your life. So we're looking to talk with people that, you know, that are... Um, that are, you know, gay um, or, um, you know, transgender that have a firearm. We were looking to talk to people that are Democrat that have a firearm, you know, people that have not only owned a firearm or own a firearm, but have saved a life with a firearm. Mm -hmm. um, so this documentary is, is going to be surrounded by proving to media and to everybody that firearms can be powerful for good. Um, and I'm hoping that it's going to be educational, inspiring, motivated, you know, things like this for the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. You know, my ultimate goal is not to be like, I want all Democrats to go buy a gun and move <laughs> over to the dark side, the Republican side. No, that's not what my intentions are. I just want to be informative, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 what my documentary is about. That's really awesome that you're getting from people from different, you know, no matter if they're from different um, political views or, you know, 
basically ethnicity or you know sex or whatever you know like mm-hmm. getting all different types of people to get their opinion on that that is really cool really awesome and like i've i'm not a gun owner yet <laughs> i say yet so don't try mm-hmm. me peeps not <laughs> my peeps love me but i have shot in guns plenty of times and they're really yeah. fun and yeah. um yeah i would definitely recommend people to definitely first learn about them too because there's a lot of people that don't that have gun and don't they don't know anything about them. <laughs> but also learn about it and also yeah it's great to have you never know like you said you can be in a, a grocery store and someone just pulls in and say i want everybody on the ground you know and trying to rob the grocery store but if you know that you have your firearm on your hip and you know how to use it mm-hmm. why not take action you know yeah and, and you might, never know you, you know, never know i was like, and- i might get some hate for that but i mean i'm just honestly it's to me it's the best the best thing like especially if you're trained and you know what you're doing absolutely it's worse to know that there are people republican and democrat that rush to buy a firearm through all of this you know political stuff that i don't even need to say about it like that's happened in the last couple of years oh, yeah. um they rush to buy firearms the firearm prices went up exponentially Mm-hmm. Um, made it harder to buy a firearm because everyone was buying them out and they have zero practice. Yeah. I would rather defend myself and make sure I'm safe and whomever I'm with are safe than have some sporadic Democrat or Republican trying to save lives, but they're missing and they, they have zero training. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, um, there's a bunch of sites that if people want to reach out, um, if they really don't know where to start and they want to get like, actual factual insightful you know reasonings on how to prepare and maybe what like what kind of things you need to know before you buy a firearm and such Mm -hmm. um feel free to message me because i have all of those sites and then also my significant other he's starting a website and it's going to be exactly for that it's going to be an educational platform it's going to be tutorials it's going to be um you know what not to do at at a fire range or like at a grocery store and things like that like your your process so um those are just some things that are in the works and i can't wait until next year because right now we're in Mm pre-production and i can't wait to be in production when we're actually interviewing the people who's who've saved lives and are telling their stories because they're so suppressed right Mm -hmm. because media and and everything they it's hard to actually find these people because they're so afraid to talk about their story Mm -hmm. you know so we're kind of in that that kind of struggle right now um i'm reaching out to some groups that are in dc a lot of them are women-based so it'd be really really nice to get a women's perspective on you know saving life with a firearm because not a lot of people think that females carry which we absolutely do so i've actually ran into more females at least down here in north carolina that carry than men believe it or not yeah at least in my area well where i go i mean there's a lot of men i'm wrong to have that have that's packing you know their guns and stuff but i've ran to a lot of females it's a lot of females definitely actually i'm gonna go to a shooting range this weekend with a couple females so yeah it's gonna be pretty cool it's funny because, um, yeah, yeah, you're down south. I think the dynamic is a little bit different because mm-hmm. um, there's definitely more Republican states over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, we're absolutely blue, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and um, people are so anti-gun. And females, there's a lot more female advocacy advocacies for, like, anti-gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones that I do know that have a family that has, has a firearm and carry it's the male, it's the husband that's guarding the family versus mm-hmm. the female. 
so. you know, and that's normally tradition. You know, the, the the men will always have like their rifle, their shotgun, or their or the Glock. You know, protect the wife and kids and Kimway. But yeah, around around here, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's the wife or single mothers. You know, like they have their yeah. guns on their hips. They go shopping. Good. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there's no problem. You know, like not no matter if what side of the you know left wing right wing you know whatever side you know it's always good to me to protect yourself and also of course be trained like i said because <laughs> you don't want yeah. anybody with a gun <laughs> yeah it's definitely a, a, a kind of scary thought to go to a range for someone who just bought a gun you know the first step of buying a gun by the way is just so you know too because you don't own a gun yet mm-hmm. but you go to the range, you rent some guns, or you go with people who have options, and you feel what is right for you. It's like buying a car. You don't want to get one that's like super high up and you're super short, right? <laughs> you won't oh, be yeah. able to see. So it's the same dynamic. You have to test out a bunch before you purchase one. And mm-hmm. it's funny how how a lot of um, you know Democrats here. I've, at least I've known a lot of Democrats here that go someplace they buy a gun because someone told them to buy this one because it's reliable and then they go to the range and it's the first time they're shooting it and they're just they're just pointing everywhere and it's it makes me afraid right so there are definitely steps if you want to purchase a firearm so definitely and uh shout out to my my friend uh caitlin her her dad actually was the first one to teach me to shoot a glock and uh we did that because he he owned all this property and land so it's cool so he teach me there and then i went to the gun range with the guns plus uh i mean it's shooting range a few multiple different times but i've always stuck to the same gun (laughs) so definitely uh, try a wide variety because there might be one that's like a perfect fit you might get a bullseye right away like I did with mine, and it's totally suitable. Like you know right away if it's suitable for you. Which gun was that? Did you have the bull side with? Yeah, so I own an HK Heckler and mm-hmm. Coke VP9, which is a full size. Awesome. Um, it's slightly larger barrel than a Glock. A Glock usually are full size, but it's pretty compatible when you put it on your hip. Mm-hmm. For me, because I wear dresses a lot, um, I have to wear like a waistband or like a thigh band because I don't wear um, a belt very often. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that it's becoming fall, you know, you can wear a pico and a belt and no one will know. <laughs> yeah, no one will know. <laughs> Check yourself at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Rose, you've done so many amazing things from, like I said, from modeling to filmmaking, now going into directing, which can't wait for that to come out. That'll be 2023, right? Yeah, spring, hopefully spring next spring, year. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, and you've done acting. So with all that success, especially coming very quick, sometimes you do get a lot of hate, criticism, backlash, jealousy. How do you manage to handle all that? Honestly, it's a lot of pretending <laughs> in the in the limelight. It's a lot of pretending and a lot of at home like facials and stuff to try to calm myself because I am a cancer. And it makes it really difficult for me to suppress my emotions, honestly. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of uh, egos that have attacked me recently. Um, one of which I'm having to actually take to court, uh, which I haven't really formally like announced that. I mean, I have been kind of saying on Breaking my Facebook, news on the People's like, Choice podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there have been a, a couple of posts that are kind of like muted that I've been like, you know, saying uh, I, I submitted to like Chrissy's court and like Judge Judy and stuff like that, waiting to hear back um, if I'm accepted into one. But 
there there is a, a prominent uh, media company that people, I'm sure you two know, um, that had that used to be all over my Facebook, and now I'm taking them to court because mm-hmm. they have refused to pay um, me for streaming my movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not only like against our contract, but it's also illegal, mm-hmm. IP illegal. So I'm dealing with stuff like that where people are just utilizing my movie and how successful it was to their benefit and they're not paying out responsibly. Um, So that's happening. You know, I don't really know a good kind of explanation on how I um, stay calm because I really don't at home. If you know me really well, like I'm pretty quiet because I'm like trying to soak it in and try to figure out what's best for my career and stuff. Um, but then I was people, always told, watch out for the quiet ones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've become more of an introvert over COVID versus extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, even my significant other has said I'm more introverted now than extroverted. And I think it's because I'm just listening a lot more. And um, I think that's how I learn really quickly, too. But um, yeah, like another instance recently is someone... An, an actor has become extremely jealous and has threatened to um, exploit my movies illegally, um, which is, you know, illegal under FBI as well. <laughs> you can't do that. And it's just because it's the start of jealousy. It's totally jealousy. And um, I don't really have a good answer for it because like, I, I kind of put on this muse that I'm just like bulletproof, but it's really difficult to kind of work with these egos and literally like whoever sees this, if they're in Seattle and you know, my, my, my friends and colleagues, like they honestly have dealt with this too, because people in Seattle really do have egos and it's really difficult to find someone genuine that will back you up and also support you. They want support, but they don't support you. Um, and so, you know, like that's that in North Carolina to... sometimes too. It, it's so difficult. <laughs> it's probably everywhere, like, but yeah, it's crazy. It's like an ego thing. Like they, they, they pretend to be excited for you. They message you and they're like, I can't wait to watch your film. And like, let me know if you want me to help out in any way. But then when you make a post, they don't say anything. And then they make a post on top of yours being like, I'm doing this. And it's so cool. And my stuff's on TV too. It's like, you know, there's, there. it's like, competing with egos Mm -hmm. and I'm supportive just as much as I am like, you know, supporting myself. But, um, there's, there's a couple of people that are threatening and it's super depressing. And the only thing I can think of is like Mm self-care. So, um, that would be, you know, suggestion because I am internally really struggling, but people don't see it. So, yeah. Um, definitely. You know, hoping things get a lot better and self-care is definitely one thing to uh put up like high you know <laughs> like yeah. especially yeah. in your line of work where they're gonna have some people opinion and depending on how much influence that person has it could really derail like a, a career or a process of just it's crazy and mm-hmm. you know I, I applaud you to you know always you know trying to rise above the hate and find ways to you know, not let that get you down and best of luck too. I hope you get, you know, on judge Judy. I used to watch that show all the time growing up. So, yeah. you know, that'd be cool. I, I'll be like, hey, I found out judge Judy actually 
is is they're done and so her daughter who became an attorney and then a judge took over judge judy and i can't remember what it's called now but um i'm waiting to hear back from them and then chrissy's court which is you know chrissy teigen and Mm -hmm. she's not an actual attorney or a judge it's just kind of like a fun thing but it is legally binding so um we'll see you know i i'm not the conniving type of person anyone who actually knows me knows that I will put you first and I'm really not a mean person. And a couple of people are making me out to be this horrendous filmmaker that's in it for myself. And that's absolutely not true. You know, I've produced all of my movies, all of them. And some of them I'm still backlogged on even receiving payment, you know, um, that I rightfully deserve, but you know, a room by the road that came out in June, it didn't have as much hype as I had hoped. Like the woman had a lot of reviews and a lot of hype and I got it on the news. I got it in newspapers and stuff like that. A room by the road is only seven and a half minutes. I understand why it didn't get as much cause it's just a lot shorter, mm-hmm. but then again, it's supposed to be getting better, you know, as you produce more and release more. And it just didn't seem like it got enough hype. And I really appreciated everyone's participation. And I thought it was even better than the woman. Um, so that's something I'm still striving to kind of get out um, since June. And um, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all going to work out. I promise. Sometimes it, it just takes a little time. Then before you know, it's like, boom. Mm. You know? <laughs> I'm had- waiting for it to get picked up. Right now, the woman is on three different streaming platforms across 21 countries. Yeah. Um, what's what's the streaming video. platforms where people could, uh, all my peeps and new audience could find the woman. Yeah. So they're all free channels um, or apps. You can download them for free. Uh, Plex TV, P L E X TV uh, is one of them. And then one hub, all caps, all one word, one hub. And then the third one is Eximo or Xumo. I think it's X U M O. Um, that one should be actually starting to be aired at the end of this month. They just accepted my film. So it's pretty awesome. exciting. Um, Amazon Prime backed out last minute. So uh, unfortunately, I had to announce that Amazon Prime, for some reason or another, without explanation, they backed out. And I guess it happens really often. So, um, you know, I'm striving to get a room by the road viewed um and get interest right now my distributor is is, you know promoting me as much as they can for that so so you have the support of me and the rest of my peeps here at the people's choice podcast to definitely check that out make sure i put that in the video as well you know i love my edits and pops and stuff (laughs) so that's gonna be cool (laughs) so let's talk about some uh some staple questions i love to ask all my guests so like one of them is hidden talents and with you being you know very successful in like i said modeling and acting and uh producing directing filmmaking so what's a hidden talent that your friends family fans or supporters i don't really like saying fans but uh don't know about you uh i mean it's kind of silly the first thing that comes to mind is um I'm like really, really competitive. You know, I played lacrosse. I did baseball uh, all throughout high school. Um, and then I did martial arts. I think a hidden talent. Oh, martial is, arts? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, I love jet skiing. Like if you, if you get me on a jet ski or a wave runner, I can flip it. I can like go faster than you. I can do better turns than you. Like I'm okay. actually mysteriously really good 
on water. Um, so I guess that's a hidden talent. Um, another thing I would say is just my intuition. Like, I feel like I'm kind of psychic sometimes. I know it sounds really mm. outlandish, but I can literally tell when someone's going to call what I'm earlier thinking. today. Tell me what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Earlier today, I called a friend and I was like, at this time, they're going to call me back. And without hesitation, they did. So I, I'm kind of like a little bit psychic. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you, tell what, can you tell me what I'm thinking right now? That you're enjoying this podcast. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so here we go. I see I love asking questions like that. And that's simple questions. <laughs> Bring a smile to everybody, lighten up the mood, get away mm. from that, you know, that jealousy and stuff. So that's all gonna be taken care of soon. <laughs> I believe it. You know, my horoscope says so. I mm. think that it's it's I I see it as a learning position just like the woman you know i watch it almost every day and i look at little minute things that i'm like man i wish i could change it but moving forward i will and everything will just progressively get better you know um so i'm taking this as a long stride of it's difficult right now but it's going to work itself out it definitely is and uh, another staple question i love to ask my uh, all my guests is quotes i'm a big quote guy no matter if you see him through my walls or backgrounds and tatted on me like i'm a big quote guy so what's your favorite quote or even saying i should say um that you lean on during the good times or the bad times um i really do believe that everything is meant to happen for a reason like it's your path that you're supposed to take and so I say this out loud too to like my significant other for fighting, you know, everything is meant to happen for a reason. If we can get through these things and these obstacles and challenges, then it'll make us stronger. So I do believe we all are on some kind of path and we have to get through hard parts to get to where we're supposed to be. Definitely. Definitely. That's a good one right there. I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> So Rose, thank you for being a part of the show. I just got a few more questions. Uh, I work on all my peeps and uh, new audience find you on social media to keep up with you. Sure. So I have a couple of um, platforms. I have a Facebook. It's just Rose Kreider. And I'm sure you'll put the links down below. Yep. Links below and in the video. <laughs> awesome. And then um, Instagram is just at Rose Kreider also. Um, and I have a website um but i can give you that link because it's kind of long but it it shows kind of like my acting and modeling and then um what i've done for rose Kreider productions because i started a production company with the intention of working with filmmakers or writers who want to get their films on big screen so if they have a script or an idea we can collaborate together and then we'll stamp you know the rose Kreider productions and we'll work together and create a film together so i'm definitely looking for more people um to collab with next year right now i'm hyper focused on the documentary but anyone that has a screenplay or an idea you know that they want to pitch that's basically what rose Carter productions is about um so i have a website for that also that's awesome and i'll make sure i put all the links in in the description and in the videos as well Oh, that's so cool. And uh, mm -hmm. another uh, stable question I've been really like hammering home to all my guests because the answers have just been amazing is gratitude. This year, really, well, last two years has been really crazy between COVID, people changing jobs, careers, people losing loved ones. 
heartbreaks. That's why I wear this chain for all my heartbreak warriors out here. <laughs> and um, what's keeping me grounded and what keeps me going is really just gratitude. So what are three things that you're grateful for in your life right now? It's something, you know, super simple, but people overlook all the time. It's just the love that I have with my, my partner um, because they're in my they're in my court all the time, you know, especially through all of these things that are happening right now personally. And like the egos that I'm having to deal with, like, it's nice to have someone in your court. Um, something as simple as like having a day job, <laughs> um, that I'm really grateful for. Um, and then I have two dogs who are literally sitting on my feet and I'm like sweating because of it. Um, <laughs> I, don't know what I would do in life if there weren't any dogs. I'm such a dog lover. I really oh, don't like awesome. cats, so sorry, but <laughs> I Oh man, all the cat hate lovers are gonna come for hate mail now. <laughs> most most people that know me know that I don't like cats very much because I don't feel like they're as loving as like dogs. Dogs will quite oh, literally yeah. do anything for you. That's, um that's and- so true. Can I give a side story on that? I actually sure. talked to this paramedic and he was like he's been, you know, to a lot of people like elderly that have like just cats or dogs that have died either they're, you know, on the bed or on the floor. And he said that there is many, many times where the dog will die, like starve right next to the owner because they love them unconditionally so much. Aww. But the cat is alive and fat because they're eating the freaking their owner like to to live it's like dang and he was telling me i could not believe that i was like what yeah Mm. i grew up with dogs ever since i was like four or five and um they are quite literally my children because i don't have kids um so i think i'm just super you know grounded with them because they keep me in check (laughs) <laughs> they do. Um, I'm a lot more homebodied now that they are, you know, older and super needy. I mean, they're six and eight and they act like puppies, but like, you know, you can't, you can't go and travel and, and go party. I don't, I don't do that stuff anymore. And I usually turn down little things like that <laughs> because of that. Now for what? Do, 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 yeah. Do well, this I'm last sorry. weekend I went to a film <laughs> summit, which was really cool. Awesome. Um, but I, I like could not wait until I got home <laughs> I wanted to be here with, with them. So I think just having those ma- like necessities that I would say in life are mine and, you know, uh, a nice transportation, honestly, like simple things like that. I, I would have to need more time to think about other, you know, other major things that might, um, contribute to staying grounded, but definitely these things, if I didn't have it, I probably wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> so (laughs) what those are good ones too Uh, i really really love the the answers that you gave too and for my my last question is there anyone that you would love to shout out and give thanks to for always being there supporting you or any uh any more news worthy bombs you're going to drop on us that you got coming up (laughs) (laughs) um i'll just say first names because i'm not sure how they would feel about it um kat who is one of my closest girlfriends and i know she watches all my podcasts so i can't wait for her to watch this Um, literally subscribe do anything (laughs) um my brother nathan um teo my partner um and 
Mia, who I, I don't even know where she's located, but she's, she, I, right before I came on, she um, did a voice message to me and said, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much for, you know, supporting my business and being a friend. And like, that's so cool. So I'm going to shout her out. Awesome. That is, <laughs> that is awesome right there for real. The support and love, especially when you get it. Like and like, I know we talked earlier about like, sometimes like you do it, but you don't get it in reverse sometimes. Like, but when you do, it's like you just appreciate those people so much more. Yeah, it's like it's like the universe knows that I need stuff like that right now. <laughs> you know, like just staying motivated and like you said, grounded on like your thoughts and like what keeps you going and things that I'm really excited about. I think about all the time, mm-hmm. and like not putting myself first, except for on Sundays when I do Sunday self care. Other than that, like I always try to support and promote other people as much as possible and like promote small businesses and stuff like that. So, and you got the support, like I said, from me and the rest of People's Choice podcast family. I cannot wait for your documentary to come out in 2023. The woman is still doing great. And I'm just so happy for you. Like, I'm so thankful to have you on the show. And like I said, uh, your future's bright. It really is. It's just as bright as the background, you know? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> future is extremely bright, Rose. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to watch this when it comes out and all your future guests because it's just really great. And um, sounds like you really have a great support system, also. Thank you. Thank you. I try. <laughs> it takes effort. I understand. It does takes takes a it takes a village, y'all. It takes a village. <laughs> Rose, thank you again for being a part of the People's Choice podcast. I'm like I said, extremely excited to see the amazing things you're going to do in the future. The more awards you're going to win, and seeing you featured in newspapers. I mean, I can see it all coming. Oh, thank okay. you so much. Can't wait to talk with you again. Definitely. You have a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.